0: Welcome to Shelter in Place, a podcast about finding daily sanity in a world that feels increasingly insane. Coming to you from Oakland, California, I'm Laura Joyce Davis. I woke up feeling more tired today than usual. It's been exactly two weeks since Shelter in Place started here in the Bay Area. It feels like two months. There's a feeling I've been trying to articulate for myself since this all began, but every time I try, it slips through my fingers like water. It's the simultaneous tension and release that's come with this time. Back in my old life, Nate went to work every day before the kids were up so he could get home before dinnertime. I fed the kids breakfast, shuttled them out the door, either to the curb to be picked up by neighbors in our carpool or to drive the carpool myself. Two days a week, our three-year-old was home with me, so those days were grocery shopping days, cleaning the house days, days for scheduling dental appointments, or sometimes passing the time with my other mom, friends, and their kids. The other three days a week, I would walk her to her preschool, hurry home, and then squeeze in a bike ride or a run before my online Spanish lesson. The rest of the day, I spent in my writing shed, packing as much work as I could into the remaining hours of the day before I needed to pick up all three kids from school around five. Dinner was loud and chaotic, with all three kids struggling to stay in their seats and caring more about playing than eating. Mondays were Cub Scouts, Tuesdays were piano lessons, right before COVID-19, we'd started a three-week session of swimming lessons, too. There was homework every night for our second grader, which she complained about nightly, and on a good night, we'd read to the kids. Lately... We'd taken to letting them read in their beds to themselves. We aimed for a 7.30 bedtime, but usually it was 8.30. And then Nate and I would look at each other, exhausted, and wonder if we'd muster up the energy to listen to that parenting book on Audible or actually have a conversation, or if we were just going to watch TV. Now our days look quite different. Each morning, I roll out of bed and head out back to the writing shed. We don't set alarms anymore, but I'm always the first one up. I write and record until the daily podcast is done. While back inside the house, Nate and the kids cook breakfast and load the dishwasher, go on a nature and art walk, read books, and work on the stories that they're writing while our youngest bounces around the house playing magnet tiles or clutching contraband silly putty in her fist, which I often later find smeared into her clothes. Around lunchtime, I come inside, Nate and I say a quick hello, and he heads out back to work. During my shift, I attempt to enforce quiet time, which means an hour of playing Legos for our son, and often a nap for our older daughter, who uses the time as an excuse to sneak a pacifier but will actually sleep. Our three-year-old sings the Frozen soundtrack and talks to herself from the pack and play in our bedroom. In the past two weeks, she has completely given up her nap. In the afternoon, I try to do math with the older kids in a way that doesn't rely on screens, and almost always I fail and end up putting all three kids in front of something that promises to be educational, but judging by the glazed-over looks on their faces seems to me more like entertainment. The kids start fighting with each other. I remember that it's 4.30 and I haven't even thought about dinner, and we decide we'll just eat leftovers again and go run around outside. I realize I haven't exercised again, and so I try to eke out a slow-paced run while the kids scoot or bike or walk beside me. Eventually, we all eat dinner together, at which point the little one falls apart since it's six o'clock and she didn't nap. None of the kids eat their dinner, but they don't seem to care. We attempt to speak Spanish as a family because on a normal day, the kids would be speaking at seven hours a day. Sometimes there's a bike ride with Daddy after dinner. Sometimes we let them watch a show. We used to pride ourselves on almost never using screens, and so we try not to feel bad about now using them every day. We all get to bed too late. Nate and I mean to talk about being more intentional the next day, about making adjustments to the schedule, but by the time the kids are asleep, we're too tired. And thus ends another shelter-in-place day at the Davis home. On the one hand, this time has felt even more intense than our lives were before COVID-19. That intensity is multi-layered. There's the very obvious reality that Nate and I are now homeschool teachers. Despite the fact that Nate and his four siblings were homeschooled as children, a couple of them all the way through, he doesn't feel any more prepared for this new career path than I do. Although my retelling of our day makes it obvious who's doing a better job right now. It's intense financially, too. Nate has been working as a contractor for the past year, which means he's paid by the hour. That was okay when he was working eight hours a day, but ever since shelter-in-place, his workload has been cut drastically, usually just a few hours a day. And even if he had more, when would he find time for it? We just learned last night that he and other self-employed workers may be eligible for the Paycheck Protection Program, through the Keeping American Workers Paid and Employed Act that just passed on Friday. But we still don't know exactly what that will look like. In the meantime, we've been slashing our expenses in every way we can, quitting subscriptions, canceling the regular deliveries of household supplies that we don't absolutely need, anything we can think of to reduce our monthly expenditures. And yet there's another layer to all of this. Despite the daily bickering and the visible scratches my older two have on their faces from clawing each other in a fight that first week, our kids are loving this time. The past two nights, our eight- and almost six-year-old put their little sister to bed with no help from us, including brushing her teeth, making sure she went to the bathroom, and singing her the blessing song we've sang over each of them all their lives. Spending more time together means we get on each other's nerves more, but we're also laughing and playing together more. We're all getting to bed too late, but there's a looseness to our lives that makes that feel okay. We've completed home projects that were languishing for months before this. I miss having a routine I can count on and the quiet my work days used to afford me, but I don't miss driving or homework or having to herd kids out the door to be on time to things. My friend Arthie Ravier, who I've mentioned before in this podcast, sent me a beautiful reflection she wrote this past week, and I asked her if I could share it with you today because it says so well what I've been feeling. Arthi lives one block over, has two little kids who go to the same preschool as ours, and she's one of those people who's managed to pack in so much good in her not so many years on this earth. Right now, she's still juggling a full time job as the senior director for scalable solutions at Year Up, an incredible local company that enables young adults who are highly motivated but lack opportunities to enter the mainstream economy to move from minimum wage to meaningful careers in just one year. In the past, She's gotten a master's degree in public health from Harvard, consulted for Child Fund International and International Rescue Committee, and helped support and direct efforts to improve child protection services, and also assist displaced women and girls in Syria, Iraq, Turkey, Lebanon, and Jordan. She's an extraordinary person, and I'm lucky to have her as my friend. I'll share her words with you after this break. Shelter in Place is sponsored by Brick and Mortar and Delta Wines. Even in these tough times, this family business has stepped up to be the first sponsor of Shelter in Place. I can personally vouch both for the quality of wines you'll receive and the integrity of this small local business, which needs your support more than ever right now. When you order wine from brickandmortarwines.com or winesforchange.com, you can get 10% off your order by using the promo code SHELTER. If you order six or more bottles from Brick and Mortar, you'll also get free shipping and overnight shipping in California. My friend Artie Ravier sent me these words last night, which she wrote during a rare quiet moment late last week. A harsh light has illuminated the cobwebs that cloud my spirit. Subtle expectations, the drive to produce, a persistent need for external validation, a victim mentality, a relentless checklist of logistical calculations, kids' lunch, check, dinner prepped for tomorrow, check, time for a quick run in between meetings, check, 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 oops, missed that one, check again. I both love and hate this time. I feel cooped up and starved of intimate social interaction. I wish I could hug a friend, look at the crinkle of their eyes, laugh and hold hands over the ridiculous things our children say. Zade's latest statement after haphazardly slapping a half-inch piece of tape over a sheet of paper, "Mama, don't touch that. I worked very hard on it, then grabs the tape and stomps away, astounded by my lack of sensitivity. Now, with nowhere to go and nowhere to be, save a litany of Zoom conversations for work, The days have taken on a remarkably different flow. The traditional set of metrics by which I inadvertently judge myself have been turned on their head. The conscious and unconscious creation of expectations have revealed themselves in what feels like one fell swoop. What I'm left with is a jarring reckoning with myself, a gratitude for this reckoning. I also feel a deep sense of relief settling in it is unmistakable. And there is a lingering question behind that relief. What am I relieved about? Why all of a sudden a letting go? What was I holding on to in the first place? Why didn't I realize that I was holding on to it? As the days pass, I lean into the moment at hand. The chaos that surrounds me has surprisingly led to an intuitive understanding of where my energy should go in any particular moment. There's little room for deliberation. A quietness has settled in. And with it, a nagging tug of shame. The realization that I have fallen back down that slippery slope of be to do. How to breathe into this moment. How to let the waves of gratitude and anxiety wash through me leaving me their wisdom and sparing me their residue. three thirty PM on a Thursday afternoon. I'm with my kids walking along a beautiful sunlit trail through the woods. There are wild white and purple flowers dotting the trail, a gushing stream below. The smell is intoxicating. Every inlet has a new surprise. A tadpole here, the perfectly shaped stick to be thrown there. We play a game. Find a rock, the perfect stick, a purple flower, and a white flower. A magic scavenger hunt with a chocolate treat at the end. In her excitement, Saver runs fast down the trail, tripping over the defiant root of a tree and falls flat on her face. A loud wail followed by a gush of salty tears. I envelop her in a hug and a thousand kisses. Just one more mama, she says to me, her little chin quivering. I bury my face in hers, scoop her up in my arms, feel the crushing waves of love pound me as she wraps her tiny arms tightly around my neck. And before I know it, the moment is over. She's wriggled out of my arms and is back to it, running headfirst into the trail. I brace myself for round two. After the initial excitement wears off, we saunter. The kids forget about the scavenger hunt, about the chocolate treat waiting for them. We throw sticks in the water, and feel the warmth of the sun gently brush our cheeks the moment is seared into my brain i can taste the gratitude this morning we wake up to hear that cases of covid have doubled overnight in california millions of americans face economic hardship so many have died and so many more will the suffering of this moment is palpable the beauty of it is palpable The darkness and the light are in front of us. I realize yet again, the darkness and the light are actually always palpable. And the moment presents itself with an unmistakable blessing. To clear the cobwebs that have bravely appeared, sweep them gently away, and start again. Life feels so chaotic and uncertain right now. I miss having a daily schedule I could count on, knowing what each hour of the day means for me. But like Arthi, I also feel relief. Even with all of the daily uncertainty, this time feels like a second chance, an opportunity to shut down all of the givens and only let back in the things that matter. And yet already, I feel the old life pressing back in. There are emails I need to answer, phone calls I need to return, Zoom meetings to attend, I want to settle into the comfort of predictability again without losing the things that are joyful or restful about this time i hope it's possible i want to believe that it is as Arthi said to me this morning here's to one more day survived and one more day to experience life if you've enjoyed today's episode of shelter in place I would love it if you could rate it and review it wherever you listen, share it with a friend, and subscribe. The Shelter-in-Place music was composed by Chase Horseman at Reactor Productions, and the Shelter-in-Place artwork was created by Sarah Edgel. As always, you can find links to the things I mentioned in each episode in my show notes at laurajoycedavis.com. Until tomorrow, this is Shelter-in-Place. I'm Laura Joyce Davis.